Good Saturday morning. Welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and what a beautiful day. Great sunrise this morning. You know, spirits are high. No rain in the forecast other than some, maybe some showers here or there this week. But summer has arrived. Uh, first day of summer, I believe, was yesterday. And what a beautiful day. Uh, just an amazing day to work in the garden center. A little bit of humidity, but just phenomenal. Plants are just exploding. Things are looking absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, normally I kind of go along and talk about, you know, a whole bunch of things that are going on with me and in the garden center and whatnot. But this morning, we have a call already on the line. And uh, I want to make sure you can call in and enter in to win a $100 gift certificate from Estabrooks. Call 877-393-8255 or 775-1310. We have Mary on the line. Mary, how are you this morning? Hi, Tom. I'm good, thanks. I hear you worked on your garden last week. I did. I did um, exactly what you said. I uh, dug out the sod. Okay. And... Um, I I ended up uh, getting two yards of the super soil. Oh, great! Delivered because it was pretty cost effective. I thought. To yeah, get two, absolutely. Two yards, and that's in. Okay. Um, so it's. I finished later last night, and um, I'm ready to go this morning to to start putting some things in. Okay. I don't have very much, but my question is. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tried to grow tomatoes in the past next to the house and in pots, and I've never done a really very good job other than the little um, cherry-type tomatoes. Okay. So I I have nothing now, and I'm just wondering if you could offer some suggestions about that. Okay. So tell me about what you've been doing with tomatoes. What size, how big is the pot you typically put them in? Um, It's approximately... Um, a foot in diameter, okay. I suppose. And then I've also put them in the ground. Okay, okay. Um, tell me about how do you fertilize them, when do you water, uh, what type of soil, you know, obviously you've got good soil with the super soil right now. Um, you know, have you picked specific varieties other than cherry tomatoes? I usually pick whatever is in front of me. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't start them from seed, so... Okay. I think it's important for a few things that, that with tomatoes, it's good that you're planting them a little bit late. They like to be really warm. The soil needs to be warm. If in the past you've been planting them early on in the season. That's uh, what I've been doing. You know, a lot of times they kind of sit there. And they really struggle with the cold temperatures of the soil, and they struggle to really rebound and explode, especially when we have really bad rain periods like we've had. So because you haven't planted, you're probably going to find that they're going to really explode. Um, I've talked about it on the show a few times. It's important to plant your tomatoes deep, okay? So we want to dig a hole. Um, how how far down did you did you get with the super soil? Is it like four inches deep or six inches deep? About six inches. Okay. I want you to dig a hole at least six inches deep, okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and fill that hole with water, and we're going to let it saturate the soil underneath, okay? And then we're going to take a bunch of the sucker leaves or the leaves off the bottom of the tomato. The tomatoes we have are quite tall now because they've been in the pot for a while. And don't hesitate to take three, four, five sets of leaves. So you're going to have a complete bare stalk, okay? We're going to put that plant all the way in the bottom of the hole and backfill about halfway. Then we'll fill the hole with water again and let it saturate. 
and then we're going to completely plant the rest of it. At this time, we'll take a tomato cage or whatnot and put it over the plant, okay, to support it as it grows. Uh, probably a little bit of fertilizer like tomato tone or garden tone around the base of it at that point, and then lightly water it in again. Tomatoes are fairly heavy feeders, but we don't want to overfeed. Um, so, you know, getting them started and getting them nice and moist when you first start and then kind of letting them kind of go along for a while. Um, You know, fungicide isn't a bad thing. As you go along, keep an eye out for yellowing or spotting leaves. That's a sign we probably should be using like a copper sulfate or something like that. Well, I did get that um, Jim, who is always extremely helpful in in Yarmouth, um, told me about that at the beginning of the year, and I, I have been using that on my other plantings good good so things have, have kind of you know turned around you must have had some fungus on some things earlier um you know so i think tomatoes you're going to be a little bit better um buy the biggest tomato you can afford um it always turns into a better plant uh we've done more of the work if you buy a bigger tomato um i like standard tomatoes big boy early girl um you know roma the classics do very well if you have a smaller space like you do. Look at Bush Early Girl as a, as a nice, um, you know, plant because it's a little bit smaller and a little bit more compact. I think that would be a great variety to try. Okay. Okay. Um, any other questions about the garden and what else are you going to do this week? Um, well, like I said, I, wanted, I just have some... Um going to put in um, a zucchini plant or two Mm -hmm. and um the patty pan squash right and i i'm not even putting the pumpkins in that space i I put some of the super soil off to the side perfect um and i'm i'm going to put those out out of the garden okay on the pumpkin when you plant that make a nice Uh make a nice moat around the plant okay about two feet out and when I say a moat, you know, a, a nice, you know, raised soil uh, so that when you water, all the water will stay saturated in that, like, foot to two-foot area. That's okay. really important when you first, you know, that's the other thing on, on the tomato and on your pumpkins and zucchini. If you make that nice little moat around it, when you f- go to water, you don't have to water the whole area. You just water where the root system is. So you can just fill up kind of that reservoir and let it saturate down once and you're done. Okay. As you go on in the season, you might saturate it two and three and four times to get it really heavily moist. But um, always try to avoid using a sprinkler to water. Okay. And on the tomatoes, it's very important to keep the water off the foliage, water at the base, uh, so that you don't spread disease around the garden. Okay, water. I'm I'm writing all this down. Absolutely, <laughs> and certainly you can come into the nursery and talk to any of my staff. You know they can kind of tell you all the you know if you don't remember and don't hesitate to call back if you have any questions. Okay, so um, you think that um, I was in Yarmouth Estabrook yesterday, but I I didn't see the um, vegetables or tomato plants. But you think those are in there? Oh, absolutely. Did you, okay. Did you get into the um, the vegetable and herb house? It's right off. I think the, I, I must have missed that. I walked all through the. Okay, it's right off the parking houses. lot. As you come in the entrance, take a right. It's the greenhouse oh. right in the parking lot. Okay. Oh, that's why. Okay. <laughs> absolutely, all the vegetables and herbs. If you don't see something in the garden center, just grab somebody in red. They can yeah. point you to anything. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. All right. Thanks, Mary. Thanks for calling. Thank back. you. All right.
See, folks, it's that easy. Just give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. You know, that's a great way to start the show. Um, Excited people are calling in. I hope we get a bunch of other callers today, but we've got all kinds of things to talk about. You know, um, it's such a beautiful time of year. You know, June, it's that that transition to summer and things are really starting to come on, you know, the climbing hydrangea in bloom, you know, the Coosa dogwoods, spirea and potentilla are starting to bloom. All our summer flowering shrubs are starting to show their glory. That's when I kind of know it's getting close to 4th of July and we may be under attack soon. We talked a lot last week about Japanese beetles and we're not going to talk a lot about them this week because probably next week it'll be a flood of calls about Japanese beetles. But I want to put you on guard about that. Make sure and uh, you know keep your eyes out because it's only probably a week away before we start to see those little lovely critters show up. But it's garden it's garden tour season. You know, it's time for you know, you to go out and see all these wonderful gardens uh, in today. I meant to mention this last week, but we had such great callers. I ran out of time, and today is the Scarborough Garden Club Summer Solstice Garden Tour. Okay, it's today. I was supposed to mention a bunch of this last week, but all of you lovely folks called in. and You know, and then tomorrow is the Hidden Gardens of Munjoy Hill. Okay, I know we have some tickets available uh, but I'm sure you can find on their websites and whatnot. You know, if if you have more questions about it, uh, Google search some of those. I know it's very easy to find some of these garden tours. And then July 13th, Private Gardens of the Kenny Bunks. Now that one is really quite the quite the uh, event. Um, and then you know, there's a whole host. There's Bar Harbor Garden Tour on the 14th of July. There's the Brunswick Garden Tour on the July 14th also. So you know, I always look at late June and July as a great time to you know get out there and experience some other people's gardens. And it's really important that we talk about the Coastal Maine Botanical Gardens. Uh, to me, that is just a phenomenal garden. If you have a child or a grandchild, it is a day trip for sure. Pack a lunch. The children's garden is absolutely amazing. Not only will children enjoy it, you will enjoy it. Great place on a nice summer day. Always a beautiful breeze there. you know. But Bill Kalina, the executive director at the uh, Coastal Maine Botanical Garden, uh, is just an amazing person and has really, with his beautiful staff, have really come up with quite a gem for the state of Maine. And I wanted to kind of let everyone know that TripAdvisor voted them number one private garden in the whole United States. Over Longwood Gardens, over all these unbelievable, you know, estate gardens and open private places, you know, across the whole United States, right here in Maine, we have the number one, number one choice on TripAdvisor. So if you haven't been to that garden, and, you know, it's six years old, and I will be the first to tell you, I have I didn't go until just recently. I, I think it was last summer. Uh, it might have been the summer before. I think it was four. So two summers ago. I'm getting ready to go again. And I, I think the the big thing is, um, you know, really important that you go see this because now it's had enough time to mature. 
okay? They've put in some very large plants when they first got going, but the annuals and the perennials have really come on, and just things are absolutely amazing. It's in Booth Bay Harbor, um, you know, very easy. It's on the access road to get down into the harbor. So, you know, it's an easy drive for many, many along the coast here. You know, obviously, summer traffic is going to be getting going here. So, you know, pick off times if you're here in the state of Maine. If you have an opportunity to go Monday through Wednesday, probably a great time. Pack a lunch. Pack a big old picnic basket. Go. It's not something you're going to see in probably an hour and a half. If you really are a plant person and you want to go ahead and, you know, enjoy all of the different things and They've really done a great job of staging the garden so that it's got a lot to offer at all different times. I went in the fall. I'm a big fall garden person. I just think fall is just the best time. It's a wonderful time to, you know, take in all the textures and whatnot. And I also have extra time typically then. But the garden in the fall was amazing. I hope to get there in the spring someday, uh, but I can't even get my darn vegetable garden going. I'm still not there but I'm working on it. I'm continuing. There's still plenty of time to garden. As Mary is attesting, she's just getting to planting. We still have plenty of time. You know, um, Maine is a, is a great place to garden because we have very great, great season. You know, there's looks like there's a little bit of heat coming this week, but that's just summer heat. You can plant all summer. It's all about water. It's all about keeping plants moist, and then they root and, you know, establish in the fall. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with more from the Joy Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the Independent Garden Centers of Maine at MaineIGC.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Summer is here, and it's time to celebrate with cookouts, parties, and get-togethers. Astorbrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk is kicking off the season with a summer celebration event to help make your home look its very best. All trees, shrubs, roses, perennials, and ground covers are now 20% off through July 7th. Beautiful plants at a fraction of the price? Now that's something to celebrate. To learn more, visit astorbrooksonline.com. 
Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. When it comes to a stylish home, your garden is the ultimate accessory. There's no better way to dress it up this season than with Hort Couture Tropicals and Annuals from Estabrooks. These chic and stylish selections are brand new this year and offer exotic blooms and foliage that have never been seen before in Maine gardens. A fun and fashionable garden is just moments away with Hort Couture, now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. back to the joy of gardening beautiful saturday morning it's uh it's early it's still six six twenty hope you have your cup of coffee hope you're waking up to a beautiful day a little bit of cloudiness out there but uh you know we've got an unbelievable offer i don't know if i want to kind of let people know what you can receive on our e-newsletter you know if you sign up for our e-newsletter you can go to estabrooksonline.com you know to this week we have an unbelievable offer it's a 50 percent off coupon for one tree shrub or rose you know you can go there sign up click on the link and and print it off and come on in and save 50 percent on one plant i mean that's a heck of a deal um you know, our newsletter is not just about offers, though, okay? It's not just about offers. It's about information more than it is coupons or sales or anything like that. It's about continuing to, you know, be able to give you folks the information you need to be successful in your garden. That's kind of why we've done the radio show also, is to be able to get out there and talk with folks and make sure that, you know, you can get the best information you can. And visiting an independent garden center is really the only way to do that. We have the most local knowledge, the most knowledgeable people, the best plants, all of that. That's why I'm a, a member of the Independent Garden Centers of Maine. And we have our home run rose day with the Sea Dogs, and it is Monday, Monday night at 7 o'clock. So if you get a chance to visit us at Hadlock Field in Portland, come down check it out. We're going to be giving a bunch of stuff away. We're going to be giving some roses away if the Sea Dogs hit a home run. And, uh, you know, showing you the different roses. We planted some for the city of Portland down there at Hadlock also. And so we're trying to give back to a little bit to the community and also promote this wonderful red rose that just is disease resistant and does a wonderful job. But uh, if you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. And we're giving away a $100 gift certificate if you call in. Enter in to win a $100 gift certificate from Estabrooks. And we have Katie on the line. Hi, Kate. Hi, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, I'm glad to see you're a nice morning person like me. Yes, only on Saturdays, though. Okay. <laughs> no, I love, I, I'd rather be up early than stay up late. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. It's so peaceful first thing in the morning. Yes. Well, I got on my Facebook this morning, and okay. I saw this little Another Saturday Morning Must That's Do right. Radio Show time. That's right. So I do have a question. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. We have a backyard that we uh, that we filled in after having a pool. Okay. We filled it in with loam. We've had it seeded. We fertilized it. We've seeded it. We fertilized <laughs> it. And... Several times, okay. and we cannot grow grass. Okay. We have little spots of grass, but most of it is still 
Rome. Okay. What okay. do we do? Well, I think the situation is you probably don't have as much loam as you think you do. Um, oh, you know, with okay. a, a pool, typically when they take it out, they fill it with sand or gravel. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's less expensive than loam. So, okay. you know, probably the best thing is to get, maybe excavate some of that out and put okay. in like four to six inches of good topsoil or loam. Okay. Uh, you know, if you've just top dressed with, you know, a couple inches of loam, it's just not going to have enough water holding capacity. Okay. So what happens is you're watering and the water's just going right through that loam into the sand and just disappearing. Yeah. And it, you probably can sustain it fairly easily during the spring season when you seed. Mm-hmm. But then once you get to July and August and it's hot, it's you can't even put enough water on it to keep it happy and, and keep it from dying. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter how much fertilizer you put on there. If you, you don't have water, you just can't sustain the grass. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. So my suggestion is go out and dig a hole. And Go see, and see yeah. what's actually down there. You know, dig down 6, 8, 10, 12 inches, and yeah. I bet you're going to find it's mostly sand under there. Oh, the only okay. other situation that you might have is yeah. maybe you have a grub problem there, too. Oh, that's okay. not, we hadn't thought of that. Maybe a grub problem. Okay. So, you know, that could be the other issue because grubs love a sandy, gravelly soil a lot of times. They love okay. it well-drained. They don't like a heavier soil typically. They typically like it so it's well-drained so they don't, you know, drown. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the uh, that's the other thing is, you know, maybe you've got some decent soil there, but maybe, yeah. you know, because you're splotchy, Maybe you have some sort of problem going on underneath. Uh, do you typically see where it dies out almost perfectly, the circle or the, the, the uh, area that the pool was? Yes, we yeah. just recently did that. I think probably about three weeks ago, my husband got a couple of bags of topsoil, got more seed, and did the raking and the okay. raking and you know turned it over with the new topsoil. Sure. That would be fabulous. Right. However, well, I think... Like, I think probably a couple bags of topsoil. It yeah. should be multiple yards of yeah. topsoil, which there's 27 bags typically in a yard. Okay. So you probably need two or three hundred bags of soil oh, yeah. uh, in order right. in order to get enough soil there. I, yeah. I, I, I can almost guarantee it's you've got really sandy soil there. They typically put a more sandy soil in a in a in that type of situation where they fill it in. Yeah. Was it an in-ground pool? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure yeah. the contractor brought truckload after truckload after truckload of sand in, yeah, and then top dressed. It was a very it. large pool too. It was a twenty by forty. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's your issue. So my suggestion okay. is probably to excavate four to six inches of soil out over this whole area and bring in good loam. And when yeah. I say good loam for a lawn, you want yeah. something that's a little bit on the heavier side. So heavier you know, side. Okay. yeah. I mean, you don't want something that is more a sandy loam you know Mm -hmm. because we're trying to hold a little bit more moisture so a little bit of clay in that loam isn't a bad thing for a lawn we can always lighten the clay loam if we need to Mm -hmm. but in order to get it to sustain and hold moisture that's a good thing to kind of ask for. Great. So, well, I think that's a great suggestion, and we've been, we probably were thinking on that line, mm-hmm. so I think you might have just confirmed what we were thinking. So, yeah. Okay, the only other great. option is water, water, water. Water, water, water. Okay, <laughs> terrific. And who's, who have I been speaking with? This is Tom Estabrook. Tom, great.
great. I think that's a great... I'm going to tell my husband he's not up yet, but as soon as he gets up, I'm going to convey all the good information. I think you should rush in and be all excited and wake him right up. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, but I might just go do that. All right. <laughs> all right, Tom. Thank Have you a so wonderful much. morning. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye now. So, again, you know, simple problems, but sometimes the simple questions are the ones that get the best answers. So don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Enter in to win a $100 gift certificate. You know, we only have another week. So, you know, we have, I think, 10 10 people are entered right now. Your odds are really good. So just call in. Give us a question. But it's summer. You know, life is good. You know, we're here in Maine. You know, the weather is amazing. You know, the humidity hasn't been bad. And looks like some thunderstorms in the in the forecast. But we were talking a little bit about the plants that are just exploding with growth. And, and one of my favorites, climbing hydrangea. We have a beautiful one on a nice old willow tree in our Kennebunk store that is just growing up the tree absolutely fabulous getting ready to bloom and on the drive-in I saw a couple beautiful ones today but roses wanted to talk a little bit about roses and and uh, they're just amazing right now the rain kind of beat them up a little bit you know, some of them are starting to pass bloom, so it's time to start thinking about whether or not I should do some pruning and deadheading on them. Time to rejuvenate them, so don't hesitate to prune back some of your roses right now in order to get blossoms for a week or two weeks from now. Be proactive with your roses. Don't wait until they're all past bloom to go ahead and prune. Obviously, different roses take different conditions and pruning but don't hesitate to ask. Uh, you know, if you've got some of the knockouts or whatnot, they're very forgiving. You know, some of the hybrid teas and grandifloras and, and uh, you know, David Austin's are, are quite forgiving also. But if you have blossoms going by, get out there. You know, get out there and prune them back. Uh, you know, deadhead them right now. The weather's beautiful. We have had some folks coming into the garden center reporting some black spot you know, and spotting issues on roses. So time to think about getting maybe a little bit of copper sulfate on them or a fungicide. Um, and the other tree that is just amazing right now are Coosa dogwoods or flowering dogwoods. They are just amazing. Another one of my favorite plants. A really long bloomer. And it's right at that time, you know, where the heat's coming on, the garden, it's just this brilliant, either white or pink. Yes, we do have pink dogwoods also. Most of the time you see whites out here in, in the main landscape, but Satomi dogwoods, a nice pink variety. We have them in multiple sizes available, and it blooms quite, quite well. Uh, you know, want to keep it somewhat sheltered out of the wind uh, for it to work best. But Coosa dogwoods are such a long bloom, four to six weeks typically, you know, beautiful seed pods that are set, you know, that turn a brilliant, you know, reddish-orange. Um, varieties that I like are Milky Way, National, and Straight Coosa. Mostly what we have left are Coosas. Uh, the straight species Coosa really does well here in Maine, and we've got them in a multiple variety of sizes. And Spirea. Very common plant, been around everywhere, uh, old-fashioned. We have all kinds of new varieties, too. I mean, they come in whites, pinks, uh, dark foliages, yellow foliages, orange foliage, you know, but pinks and whites and, and uh, 
you know, bicolors like shibori that has a hot pink, a light pink, and a white flower on the whole plant. Um, so if you're looking for a variety of easy-growing, low-maintenance plants, spirea, a great way to go. Easy to prune back, you know, and right now, snow mound spirea is just amazing. We, about a week ago, saw the bridalry spirea, or uh, renaissance spirea, show its glory. You know, the big, old, arching ones you see around all these beautiful old homes here in Maine. Very old-fashioned plant. Snow mound is a little bit more updated variety, upright, beautiful plant. I like that a little bit better than renaissance. Uh, And tree lilacs. Tree lilacs are amazing right now. Now, this is Syringa reticulata, okay? Not your common lilac that went by a few weeks ago, okay? Tree lilac is Syringa reticulata or ivory silk lilac. And you'll see these beautiful white trees right now have a kind of rounded head, big, beautiful flowers. There's some right here um, all over the place. Uh, We have some in our in our uh, our stores available right now, but big creamy white flowers. We also have one called Eclipse that has a variegated leaf. So all kinds of new options of old-fashioned plants that have been coming out on the market, you know, over the past few years. All kinds of plants taking off. Don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393. 8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutra Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost. Its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutrimulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Summer is here, and it's time to celebrate with cookouts, parties, and get-togethers. Astorbrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk is kicking off the season with a summer celebration event to help make your home look its very best. All trees, shrubs, roses, perennials, and ground covers are now 20% off through July 7th. Beautiful plants at a fraction of the price? Now that's something to celebrate. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. When it comes to a stylish home, your garden is the ultimate accessory. There's no better way to dress it up this season than with Hort Couture Tropicals and Annuals from Estabrooks. These chic and stylish selections are brand new this year and offer exotic blooms and foliage that have never been seen before in Maine gardens. A fun and fashionable garden is just moments away with Port Couture, now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. to the joy of gardening on News Talk WLOB. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and we've had a couple callers this morning. That's awfully nice. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. 
800-242-8255. We've got a bunch of questions that have been submitted on our website. Uh, this one here is from Jeff and from Durham. Uh, it's a very similar question to uh, Kate. Uh, I'm receiving a lawn, 300 square feet in area. Ugh. Really? Okay, we got to slow down. I am reseeding a lawn, 300 square feet in my in my lawn, and need fast-growing seed. I I want germination as fast as possible. What should I use? Okay, Jeff. So this is a catch-22. Good grass seed doesn't germinate fast. Bad grass seed germinates fast. Okay. Very simple. Okay. I know you want germination fast, and the thing about germination is it really has a lot to do with temperature more than anything, okay? Annual grass seed germinates extremely fast. Annuals don't winter over. They die. So if you're always looking for a fast germinating grass seed, what happens is an annual grass seed germinates quickly and then dies in the winter. Typically, when you look at grass seed, a contractor mix is has a high percentage of grass that is annual. Now, contractors love it because they build a home, they seed the lawn, it comes up quick, and you're in the house, and it looks beautiful, and they're gone. And then the next year, you come to see me, and you say, why is my lawn not doing well? And I say, well, did you just move into the house? Yes. And did your contractor do the the lawn and they say yes and I said well they put down a grass seed that probably had 35 to 50 percent annual grass seed because it's cheap and not to say all contractors do that because that's not the case and and usually building contractors are are the ones that that end up using a, a cheaper seed usually your your better landscapers buy a good grass seed we do not sell any contractor mix type grass seeds at Estabrooks okay we just we only sell higher quality seeds and the reason being is we want you to be successful that's our always our goal we want the grass to do well. So always buying a high quality seed. Germination will ha happen quicker the warmer it is. Okay, so you know if you're doing it in April, it might take 10 to 14, maybe even 20 days for seed to germinate. And it's because our soil temperatures are really cold. Now here we are, it's the end of June. Temperatures are looking like they're in the 80s for the next week. We've got nice possible for thunderstorms periodically so now is a perfect time to do some seeding if you if you have an area important to go ahead and make sure and get that seed in the upper inch of the soil okay really mix it well with that upper inch so take a nice heavy iron rake and rake the seed in to that upper inch don't leave it up on top the better it is mixed in that upper half inch to an inch of loose soil what will happen is you're going to water it and the soil is going to compress okay and so the seed will be you know in that nice area the other thing is the birds won't strip all your seed okay so having it in the soil you're going to see some birds out there probably pecking at the seed but because it's mixed you're going to have really good germination and keeping it really moist okay important with summer temperatures it's also important to keep the moisture level up that will increase germination and make sure things kind of germinate probably in about seven days maybe even five if our temperatures allow it so Jeff I hope that helps you know I know we're all want our lawns to look perfect time is on your side it really important though water you know we're going into July and August 
go ahead and seed, but make sure you water all summer long. Don't let that grass die out or go dormant during the next few months. Once we get to September, we can slack off on the water. Good starter fertilizer when you put down your seed and also good lime. So, Jeff, I hope that helps. You know, come in and see us. We would love to get you some great grass seed. So, you know, if you have a question, you can go ahead and submit it on our website, uh, but you don't enter in to win the $100 gift certificate that we're giving away. So if you want to enter in that drawing, don't hesitate to give us a call, 877-393-8255 or 775-1310. Another question we have is Casey from Gorham. Uh, Casey's question is, my daylilies are starting to bloom. And, you know, daylilies are going to be just amazing here over the next few weeks. Do I need to deadhead them uh, to keep them in bloom? Not necessarily, okay? It's tough because we don't know uh, what variety you have. If it's a rebloomer, it is a good good, uh, thing to go ahead and keep taking those stalks. I like to clean daylilies periodically. Uh, That doesn't say that I'm going to go out and deadhead them every single day. But most of the flowers on on the older varieties last only a day. So taking off of those seed pods isn't a bad thing. It's going to keep the plant kind of what I would call in reproductive mode. Okay, by taking off the seed pods, the plant is thinking, oh, I need to continue to flower to set seed to reproduce. So by taking off the seed pods and taking the spent blossoms, it's not a bad thing. Old-fashioned varieties will have one set of blossoms for the season, and they're done. That's it, okay? If you have some of the newer varieties, and when I say newer over the last 15, 20 years, you know, you may have like Stelladoro and Happy Returns, and there's all kinds of rebloomers. Now, those you really want to be more proactive with going ahead and taking off the bloom stems, even maybe pruning them back periodically, you know, being a little bit more progressive with them because they are rebloomers. So they will have one big bloom set and then they will sporadically bloom throughout the summer. So important to kind of be a little bit more proactive. One daylily I really want to talk about is a new one that we've been carrying for a couple years. It's called Stephanie Returns. It's a reblooming pink with a nice dark pink center, uh, similar in size to Happy Returns and Stelladoro, uh, maybe a little bit bigger, but right now they are showing all kinds of beautiful blossoms uh, and just unbelievable scapes. The scape is the nice blossom, you know, that comes up and then you have multiple, you know, flowers. Uh, You know, the one thing about Stephanie Returns is that it's throwing multiple stems and the stems are nice and heavy and stocky. They don't fall over in the rain. Through all this heavy rain, they've really They've really held up very well. I'm very impressed with this. So if you're looking for a long-blooming plant that's tough, will take dry conditions, do very well all summer, it will fit a great situation. Now, let's face it, there's a million daylilies, and we have a ton of them of new varieties this year. So go to our website, estabrooksonline.com, take a look at the daylilies, take a look at Stephanie Returns in particular, one that I think should be in every garden. So, Casey, I hope that helps with your daylilies. Don't also remember you can go ahead and start dividing your daylilies late August, early September. So if there's another time you want to divide and multiply your daylilies in your garden, late August, early September is the time to start that. 
So, Katie, I hope that helps. If anybody has a question out there, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. More questions. You know, we've got all kinds of them, uh, you know, that have been submitted this week on our website. And we're going to take another one. This is Jim from Gray. And his question is, my purple sand cherry every spring gets black tips after it blossoms. Do I have an insect or disease tagging the plant? It grows out of it after a while, but always looks a little deformed. Okay, purple sand cherry is very similar to lilacs. We have very similar problems. And, you know, the likelihood is it's probably a, a disease called pseudomonas. And I know that's a big word. So it's it's basically a fungus that attacks the newest tips as the tips emerge. So, you know, I'm sure, Jim, you're probably not having much problem with blossom. It's probably blossoming very nicely. And, and, and for all of you folks that don't know purple sand cherry, it's a fairly old-fashioned plant. has nice purple foliage, a nice light pink-white flower that kind of emerges just before it leaves out. Nice accent. Can be a very vigorous grower likes to be pruned back. But Pseudomonas is basically the something that attacks Forsythia, lilacs, um, purple sand cherry, can do mock orange, you know, which mock orange is just amazing right now. The fragrance in the yard is is absolutely stunning. Another beauty right now. But Pseudomonas is something that's fairly easily treated. You know, a copper sulfate will help or a nice fungicide. Um, it's something that we need to be cautious about it's brought on by frost okay frost is kind of the secondary thing so what happens is we push a little bit of growth and then we get some nice cold nights and it gets frosted a few times and what happens is that's kind of the stressor of what attacks you know so um my suggestion you know jim is to spray it with copper sulfate as soon as you start to see leaves for two or three applications. And what that will do is that will hopefully break the string and then you won't have to do it every year. What we've noticed with Pseudomonas is once we kind of get it at bay, it typically is not a problem. Typically we see that on mostly young plants, plants in the first three years that are planted from a nursery, it seems to be something that's kind of derived from the nursery trade as far as Plants are in perfect conditions for Pseudomonas. Once they're in the landscape, it's never quite, they, they're kind of coming on at their natural rate. You know, Mother Nature starts to take care of, of um, themselves, and, you know, it kind of tends to go away. If it's an older plant, maybe we need to work, limit the stress on the plant, you know, maybe a little bit more fertilizer, treat it a little nicer, um, especially in the summer months, you know, making sure to give it some extra water. Sand cherries can wilt very easily. If, you, if they wilt quite often, you know, you can have a quite stressed plant going into the following spring. But it, I believe it's pseudomonas. The other thing to watch out for on purple sand cherry are aphids. Aphids are very, very prone to purple sand cherry. And so if you're getting that drooping and things aren't looking good this late in the season after it's really leafed out, it's probably aphids that are sucking all the moisture out of the new tips and they're drooping over, turning black and brown. Take a closer look. It may be black aphids that are actually, you know, just devouring your plant right now. So depending on the timing, it could be one of the two things. If that's the case, you know, a nice general use spray would work for aphids. Uh, neem oil is a wonderful choice for that, um, you know. And what I would say is 
double check that because if it's happening right now, it's probably aphids. Jim, I'd like to thank you for the question. If you have a question, give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, the lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. Man, an hour goes by quick when you get some callers. It's amazing. You know, great questions submitted to our website. Also, you can visit estabrooksonline.com to post the question backslash radio, estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. Uh, also wanted to talk about, you know, our newsletter. Um, I mentioned it a little bit ago, but we have a 50% off coupon on our newsletter this week. So if you want, go to our website, sign up for our newsletter, and you could get 50% off one tree, shrub, or rose. That offer is good till Wednesday the 26th. So you want to act quickly. You know, beautiful weekend to get out there. Uh, you know, I hope everyone had a great Father's Day. I know we did. Uh, we had a wonderful little uh, get-together. My wife's uh, family was in from out of town, and my family and my brother's family, uh, you know, in-laws all came over to the house. We had a nice little lobster bake and, and enjoyed ourselves uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, I hope uh, you all enjoyed your Father's Day. And it's summer. You know, now it's time to enjoy our gardens and, you know, vegetable gardens are really starting to take shape now. 
But we've had a lot of rain. We've had a lot of rain. And over the last week, I have talked to a lot of customers who are coming in and replacing a few things. Don't hesitate to replace a few plants if you need to right now. It will will benefit you in the end. If something's really not doing well at this juncture of your garden, you know, it's time to think about maybe adding another zucchini plant. And maybe we sacrifice the other one if it's not doing well in a week or two. But to wait another two or three weeks before we think about replacing, you may end up not having the yield you want. Uh, Vegetable seedlings and herb seedlings, you know, um, I have, you know, mixed results with some herbs this year. Things seem to be struggling along. You know, cilantro has been a little bit tough early. Basil's been a little bit tough early, especially if you tried to seed them in. It seems like the heavy rain really kind of washed them away. We have some great plants that are fresh that just came on that are available if you need to plug a few things in just to go ahead and, you know, spruce up the garden and and get some yield a little bit quicker. So fresh crop of basil and cilantro have just come on. They look amazing and nice full pots. Uh, so get out there, inspect your garden. And of course, you know, insects are just going crazy, uh, especially cucumber beetles seems to be very aggressive right now. Uh, a lot of people coming in with problems. Little, my grandfather always called them them striped beetles. Them striped beetles are going crazy again. We better get down there and take care of them. <laughs> so, you know, go out and take a look at your squash, your pumpkins, uh, all your, your vine crops, uh, cucumbers especially. But cucumber beetle seems to be going very, very aggressive right now. And I assume a lot of po- folks who got their their vine crops in early are starting to see them flower. And, you know, that's the time when that beetle really devastates your your yield. So get out there, take a look. Also slugs and snails. I can't say enough about it. They have been horrendous. And a lot of customers are coming in and bringing in plants that are being devastated by them and not understanding, well, I don't see slugs or snails. I don't see them. That's because they're out feeding at night. So if you think you, if you're having a problem with your foliage and things kind of being decimated, don't hesitate to go out and take a flashlight, you know, out at 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night. Look out there. I bet you'll start to find that a lot of those lovely little critters are coming out and feeding while you're sleeping. That doesn't mean you need to get up at midnight, okay? They'll be out by 9 or 10 o'clock. So, you know, go inspect your plants. Sometimes, you know, some of these things only feed at night, like the long-legged woodchuck. That is my description of a deer, Okay, and you know that was that was my grandfather's description of uh, a deer. So, you know, very important that you protect your gardens from from deer right now. We're selling a bunch of deer fencing because folks are putting in new vegetable gardens. And uh, Mary, this is something we we should talk about. You know, be cautious of deer. Um, you know, you may consider fencing if you haven't already. But keep an eye out. And uh, a lot of customers coming in with woodchuck problems right now. Uh, You know, they're just ravenous looking for food. And, you know, so protect your garden. Obviously, if you do all this work, the last thing you want is to come in, you know, get up in the morning, go out to your vegetable garden and half your tomato plant and most of your carrots are gone and, you know, you've been raided overnight. 
The deer are out. They're moving around very vigorously. I've seen them in my yard almost daily. And, uh, you know, so be very cautious about that. But uh, vegetable gardens, we want to be very, very, very cautious about uh, fungus right now. Uh, All kinds of problems. My suggestion is, you know, go ahead and do some proactive fungicide. And, you know, we can use organically, you know, uh, approved things like copper sulfate. And we can also use, you know, many different products. But we've got hot and humid weather coming. So now is the time to think about doing some fungicide. And the reason I say that is the perfect conditions are coming, okay? we've The humidity's been building. It's time. And we've had this stint of rain that has created the right conditions. Now we're following it up with heat and humidity. So think about this morning or tomorrow morning getting out, doing a fungicide application on your vegetable gardens. You can use, you know, a whole host of things. Come into the garden center. We can make sure and get you something that's broad spectrum that's going to really go ahead and make sure that you're protecting yourself. This next week, it looks like there's a bunch of thunderstorms with heat and humidity, and that's perfect conditions. Don't wait. Be proactive. It'll help you in the long run. So we're finishing up the last minute of the hour. And... You know, it's really important. I'm here for you. Don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. You can also visit our website, estherbrooksonline.com. Don't hesitate to check out the plant catalog. But also, like I said, our e-newsletter has a wonderful coupon, 50% off this week uh, till the 26th off of any tree, shrub, or rose. And also, don't forget, Hadlock Field, Monday night, 7 o'clock. We're going to be right back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Saturday morning, second hour. Welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. We've had a very good first hour. If you're just joining us, talked a lot with uh, about some vegetable gardens. We've talked about all kinds of problems out there in the garden. But man, what a great Saturday morning! The sun is shining. A little bit of cloud cover, but absolutely going to be a beautiful day. I hope you can get out and enjoy your garden. You know, wanted to talk a little bit about it's garden tour time. I brought this up in the first hour, and, you know, today, Scarborough Garden Club Summer Solstice Garden Tour is kicking off, and tomorrow, the Hidden Gardens of Monjoy Hill uh, Garden Tour is is, uh, happening. So if you don't have anything going on, maybe you can get out there, go out to lunch, do a little garden tour, but uh, I know we've had some tickets in, in the stores. I'm not sure what we still have left, but maybe you can do a little Google search and figure out where you need to call to get some tickets uh i'm sure they'd love to have you you know the scarborough garden club is a great garden club uh did a little talk for them uh, about a month ago maybe two months ago now gosh where's time go it's just like the radio show two hours goes and you know here we are it's another saturday uh you know the weeks are flying by and you know it's time to stop slow down enjoy our gardens maybe you're running a little behind like me you know, uh, 
the weeds have kind of taken over a little bit. You know, I've been pulling. I've been kind of, you know, knocking them back periodically. But I'm right alongside with a bunch of you. You know, I'm a little bit behind. Uh, my vegetable garden still is in the end. You know, don't hesitate. We heard from Kate this morning. Uh, second call this this. Uh, She's called in. She's working on a new vegetable garden. We've we've talked to some folks about their uh, problems with their lawns, you know. And we've got a bunch of questions that have been submitted uh, to our website. But if you'd like to, give us a call seven seven five thirteen ten or eight seven seven three nine three eighty two fifty five. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any question, don't hesitate to call. Uh, you also could enter be entered in to win a hundred dollar gift certificate from Estabrooks, and. What a deal. I mean, let's just face it. $100 goes a long way and uh, could spruce up your garden or maybe get some new soil for your vegetable garden or, or whatnot. All kinds of different things you could do with that. But uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about, well, let's see. Let me just look at my list here. We've got Heidi from Lewiston, and she says, My juniper have orange little growths all over them. They look kind of like a, a, a ball with some spikes all over it. What is on them, and is this a problem? Heidi, we got a big problem here. Uh, it's called cedar apple rust, okay? Uh, this is a very, very, very nasty disease, you know, that juniper is the alternate host, okay? When I say alternate host, you need to have junipers, and apple trees or fruit trees or any type of plant. But juniper is the host that holds the disease, and then typically as it's spread by birds flying back and forth between wind blowing, water splashing. So it can kind of be spread in many different ways. Now, a lot of, in you know, the past 20 years, a lot of times we used to plant junipers right underneath crab apples and apples and cherries and pears and, you know, all these things. We've learned now that's not the case. When you have cedar apple rust like this, it's probably a removal of the juniper. There really isn't any remedy. You can't really cut it out. You can't really spray for it. It's very, very tough to get rid of. So my recommendation typically is to remove the plant and go ahead and start over. Uh, probably the plant is fairly old. Uh, if it's fairly new, uh, you know, stress is what usually brings on cedar apple rust. It's something that if you're not good about summer watering, it can be a big problem on junipers. Most evergreens like spruces, pines, junipers, we kind of don't think about the water in the summer months. And usually that's when disease and insect attack, and we don't even think about it. So, you know, if you're going to replace, you can replace with a juniper. Just clean up the area, get all the infected growth out. You know, you can replace with a juniper. It shouldn't be any problem. I might wait a little bit after you remove. Uh, but water stress is going to be your biggest thing. The other thing you should look for if you have cedar apple rust is look on your flowering trees. You're going to see orange dotting all over the leaves. That's the, the rust on the other host or the infected plant. So if you've got junipers that have that problem, it's probably spreading it. It may not be in your yard. 
It could be in your neighbor's yard. They may have a juniper that has it, and, you know, the birds are flying back and forth. You know, maybe they're nesting in the juniper, you know, and you spread it around. It's very tough to get rid of. It has hurt a lot of sales of crab apples and, and some of those types of plants because a lot of people who have old trees tend to have cedar apple rust. It's very common. It's a problem that is very tough to get rid of. A lot of the new varieties of crab apples and apples are quite resistant to it. So if you do have some old, old-fashioned varieties, they're more prone typically. Every plant, like I said, stress relief is the biggest thing. It's just like us. The less stress we have, the longer we live, the happier we are. At least that's what they tell us. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I tread on the line. I like to live happy and, you know, go from there. So... What I would say is stress relief, remove that juniper, replant something nice. Hopefully we haven't spread it to some other trees, but go ahead, get in there and remove that plant sooner than later. So, you know, I want to make sure people understand, you know, certainly we're here for you. We're here to answer all your questions. Don't hesitate to come into the garden center and ask questions at any time. You can email us on our website, you know, estabrooksonline.com backslash radio to submit questions. All these folks have submitted questions in the last week or two. I can't say I'm going to get to every question. If we get a bunch of callers, we're going to take those first. You know, so if you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Another question is from Amanda in Yarmouth. My dwarf Alberta spruce seemed to be browning from the inside out. The new growth, the new growth looked good, but a yellow haze is starting. And what would that, what would that be? And it looks like the plant might be in decline. What is going on with my dwarf Alberta spruce? Dwarf Alberta spruce are somewhat prone to spider mite. And you're describing exactly what typically happens. Now, I have some dwarf Alberta spruce at my house. And a couple of them every year get a bunch of damage in the winter. So they kind of have a a brownish-yellow haze, you know, bronzing to them coming out of winter. And it's just because they're in in a really tough spot that is very poor soil. And so if I don't get out there and water them in the fall really well, they tend to brown up a bit in in the in the uh, winter. Now, what you're describing is the plant's flushing out great. It's got nice new green growth, but you're starting to see a nice little yellow haze to them, okay? And spider mite can, can kind of show up in, in a few different ways. It can be splotchy, so just little patches that start. Or it can kind of be almost like this light yellow haze to them with nice green growth on the outside and a bunch of needles kind of dropping. Those spider mites are in there actively working towards that new growth. And this is the time of year when they just start to kind of show up. Now, the likelihood is we had this problem last year where you're seeing this hazing and the spider mites probably were there last year. If you remember back to last fall, you probably could remember that uh, something didn't look quite right. So the likelihood is, again, it's a water stress issue in the summer months, okay? My brother had had this problem last year with some spider mite on his uh, dwarf Alberta spruce. 
It's important to go ahead and we get some sprays on those. Um, you know, a few different things work. Uh, some of the oils work very well. Uh, neem oil works well for that. Malathion works very well also. Quite heavy, you know, when it comes to chemical, but very, very effective. You can also use some of the systemics to drench the root system. I would recommend a combination using a systemic and a topical like neem oil. And the reason being is it's a fast, it's an insect that will do a lot of damage fairly quickly. Now, using an oil, we've got some hot weather coming or warmer weather in the 80s. So we want to make sure we don't spray oils during the heat of the day. I would recommend spraying them in the evening. Okay, that way the neem oil really gets a chance to work overnight and it will dry by morning. The neem oil will smother the insect and it will really, really, really knock out a large portion of it. But it's a resilient insect. So if you miss part of it, that's where the systemic will kind of, you know, do a good job. Now, systemics like warm weather in order to get up into the plant. We don't have a lot of rain in the forecast, so going ahead and drenching the root system with warm weather, the, the, the chemical is going to enter into the plant much quicker, and it's going to be more effective. But I don't know if it's quick enough. On a woody plant, it typically takes a little bit longer, especially in evergreen. They're actively growing right now, so they're taking up a lot of moisture, but it takes a little bit longer. So a combination of things would be a good way to kind of remedy this problem. And then I think you're going to be safe. But then in July and August, we're going to water this plant once a week. And that's just going to take the stress off of it. And the likelihood is your spider mite will just completely disappear. Okay? You won't have a problem. And then just remember, in July and August, I want to get out and water my plants about once a week so that we limit the stress and then the spider mite won't even attack. That's the nice thing. Also spruce budworm is another one. White pine weevil. You know all these insects that attack evergreens if we just water they won't even attack. They only attack stressed plants. So always important to keep in mind stress relief on our plants. So I'd like to thank uh, Amanda for that question because that's one that comes up time and time again in the garden center. It's very common on, on dwarf Alberta spruce. Uh, you know, if you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We've got another question. It's from Laura. Laura and Standish, my veggie garden is growing well, and after the rain... Should I be doing some extra fertilization? My plants look good. They might be a little bit off color, but I'm starting to see some spotting on my tomatoes, and I'm worried that I need to get some fungicide or fertilize more in order to keep them happy through this nice weather. So, like we talked in the first hour, vegetable gardens, it's the perfect time to go ahead and be a little bit more proactive. Now, fertilization, we got to be a little bit cautious about. So I don't know what you've been using, but if you've used like Espoma, Garden Tone, or Tomato Tone, and we've had, and you did it a couple weeks before we had the rain, it's probably time to think about doing it again. Maybe a little bit of a light application. I wouldn't do a heavy application. But you also might think about using Neptune's Harvest at this point. 
because it's a liquid, it's going to be a little bit more fast acting. We don't have as much rain in the forecast, and you may be able to get a couple quick shots in to green things up. I would stay away from a miracle Grow or a synthetic fertilizer at this point because we really want to put on even slow growth on your vegetables. Vegetable gardens are going to be under attack in the next week. It's the perfect conditions for fungus. If you have any yellowing leaves on your tomatoes, if some real bad spotting, you might pick a few leaves off, but let's get a copper sulfate spray on them, um, you know, or another organic fungicide. Um, you know, great, great, great time to be proactive in the garden. So get out there, put a little bit of extra, you know, on just to keep things at bay. You're going to see your plants extreme grow in leaps and bounds in the next week because we've had good moisture, the plants are sitting there, and now we're going to have great, great temperatures. So I hope that helps. You know, uh, Laura, just be proactive with your garden. If you have another question, don't hesitate to submit it. You can submit your questions at estabrooksonline.com or give us a call. Enter in to win a $100 gift certificate, 877 877- 393-8255 or 775-1310. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy Garden on News Talk WLOB. Summer is here and it's time to celebrate with cookouts, parties, and get-togethers. Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk is kicking off the season with a summer celebration event to help make your home look its very best. All trees, shrubs, roses, perennials, and ground covers are now 20% off through July 7th. Beautiful plants at a fraction of the price? Now that's something to celebrate. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. When it comes to a stylish home, your garden is the ultimate accessory. There's no better way to dress it up this season than with Horte Couture Tropicals and Annuals from Estabrooks. These chic and stylish selections are brand new this year and offer exotic blooms and foliage that have never been seen before in Maine gardens. A fun and fashionable garden is just moments away with Horte Couture, now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost, 
Its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutrimulch is nutrient stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host on this beautiful Saturday morning. Weather couldn't be better this last week. It's just been an amazing week uh, out in the garden, in the garden center. Just uh, can't ask for better weather. You know, a little bit of humidity, humidity out there, but overall just great gardening weather. Great to get out and enjoy your garden. And let's face it, it's summer, folks. You know, uh, I hope all our lovely tourists are coming into the state and enjoying the lovely weather that we're having. It seems like there's a, a very good hustle and bustle happening out there. Uh, the roads are getting busy and the beaches are starting to fill up, but uh, it's time to, you know, invite some friends over, enjoy the patio, have a little cookout. Uh, you know, I love my mojito. Let's make a couple. And, uh, you know, our our gardens are just exploding. They're They're absolutely... I can't even believe how much they've changed and the number of plants that are just just on the drive-in that in a week's time, you know, things are just showing up that I hadn't seen or even thought of. The Coosa Dogwoods are amazing, like we talked in the first hour. Spirea just going nuts. Potentilla. Potentilla is starting, a very old-fashioned plant, but they're starting to show their glory. And, you know, Japanese tree lilac, you know, one that just, you know, we don't sell a ton of them anymore, but, man, some of those old, beautiful ones are just amazing right now. Mock orange are starting to, you know, give that wonderful fragrance in the yard. So get out, enjoy some of those plants. Relax, stop, smell the roses. They're just amazing right now. So, you know, come on into the Garden Center, see us. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We've got a bunch of questions that we've been taking uh, that have been submitted on our website, but they don't enter in to win the $100 gift certificate. We have about 10 people that are entered to win. It's going to run just a couple more weeks here, and uh, then we're going to give it away. And... What better than a nice gift of $100 to help your garden needs out for the season? And we also, if you are on our e-newsletter, you got a wonderful coupon this week. 50% off one tree, shrub, or rose. If you're not on there, go to estabrooksonline.com and you can sign up to be on our newsletter and you will receive the coupon or just print it off our website. But... Uh, you know, great deal. Uh, things have been very busy in the garden center. All kinds of new product uh, coming in. But we've got a couple more questions. Let's take a few more of those here. So we've got Mark from Augusta. He has a dappled willow, and the tips are browning. Should I cut it off or wait and prune later in the season? Okay, so I'm not sure, Mark, if you've just planted this or... 
if it's a fairly old plant. So we talked a little bit earlier in the in the show about a disease called Pseudomonas, attacks lilacs and stuff like that, lilacs and, and forsythia and um, a whole host of other, other plants. Uh, purple sand cherry is what we were talking about. It can be also found on dappled willow. Now, for a lot of you folks that don't know what dappled willow is, it's that lovely white and pink bush that's out there right now with beautiful foliage and it's kind of wasps in the wind. It's become a very popular plant. Typically, we can plant it in a nice, moist location. It is a willow, so it likes moisture. And I think that's the problem that we're having is that the plant got dry. And the likelihood is you're seeing the signs after those three days of really hot weather we had. And even the plants in our garden center have some of that brown tip die back on them. And it's just because those three days of intense heat, the plant couldn't keep up, okay? It had put on a bunch of growth, and we just got some really hot temperatures for three days. I'm not concerned. If it's really unsightly, go ahead and prune it off now. If not, just pick up the water. We've got beautiful weather, and it's just going to push out right past it. So anybody who has a Nashiki willow or a flamingo willow, they have that nice white and pink new growth, uh, very vigorous plant, N- number of things. You can prune them at any time of year. It's a weed, folks. It grows and grows and grows. The more you prune it back, the better it looks, the more color you get out of it throughout the season. So don't hesitate to prune it back periodically throughout the year. Uh, you know, a wonderful plant to use in like a, a an arrangement. You know, if you've got some beautiful perennials out in the garden, you know, maybe take a couple branches off of that, stick it in a vase, you know, make a nice little garden, you know, uh, bouquet. Great idea to take, you know, if you're going to a, a, a friend's house for, um, you know, dinner, make up a little bouquet out of your garden, bring that as a gift. You know, use the tools that you have in your yard, and that's one that's great accent, really, really great, and it does very well in a vase with with cut flowers because it likes water. It'll continue to suck it up, uh, but use that as an accent also. But, Mark, I believe that's probably your your issue is that I don't think you have a disease issue. I don't think you have any problems now. That could become a problem, you know, if you've got a lot of dead leaves and whatnot. I think you'll find over the next week a lot of those leaves that are brown will fall off. They'll just kind of blow away and you'll start to see new little leaves coming off all those stems. We've already seen it in the garden center in the containers. They're starting to flush out new growth, you know, so don't hesitate. It's all fine. So if you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. It's a beautiful day out there. Um, I hope you're enjoying your coffee. I wish I had another cup right now. Um, It's been a wonderful morning. We've had a couple callers this morning. You know, don't hesitate to give us a call. And I hope your garden is exploding like mine is. And we've got a question from Samantha in Freeport. The question is, cilantro is in full flower. Should I cut it back or let it go to seed? Should I replant some new cilantro? And what should I do to make sure I have cilantro all season because I love it? 
So, Samantha, here's here's the deal. Now that you have flowers and you have seeds starting, you actually have coriander. Okay? So, cilantro and cori- coriander are the same plant. Okay? Cilantro are the leaves. Coriander are the seed. So, if you want coriander, leave the seeds and let them go. Okay, then you'll be able to use those throughout the, you know, later on in the season. And so you get the best of both worlds. Certainly, you know, you can come into the garden center and buy a few plants of cilantro, or you can go ahead and reseed some at this point. I suspect your cilantro bolted, what we call bolted, and went into flower because it might have been either stressed and the water we had might have been the stressor. Okay, we had so much rain that the plant decided to bolt. Okay, it's very common, especially if you're not using your cilantro consistently. It's important with cilantro and basil and some of these plants, regardless if you're going to use it, harvest it. Okay, the more you harvest, the more you get. And it's the same thing with kind of like leaf lettuces and and, and some of these other vegetables. The more proactive you are about picking, the more fruit you end up getting. And it's all about tricking the plant and making it think, I have to reproduce. So it's the same thing with a cucumber. The smaller you pick your cucumbers, the more cucumbers you get. If you wait and and your cucumbers are, are, are quite large, the plant shuts down and says, I've, I've, I've set seed. I don't need to reproduce anymore. And all of these things, fruit are seeds. So, you know, my suggestion at this point, it sounds like you really like cilantro. So you can go ahead and cut off the seed heads and you'll probably get some more cilantro. The tough thing is once you get a cilantro plant to seed, it starts to get bitter. It doesn't have the same taste as, you know, a cilantro that's nice and fresh, that has, you know, very supple leaves. Probably right now, you know, your leaves are yellowing a little bit. They're not as vivid green as cilantro usually is. You know, you probably got some purpling on the leaves. That's pretty common when the plant starts to go to seed. Uh, So at this point, my suggestion is maybe either if you don't want coriander, maybe take them out and reseed some or replant some if you don't have more space and just say you know what it's time I'm just going to switch out the crop and then I'm going to enjoy my cilantro the rest of the summer so I hope that helps you know certainly cilantro can be a tricky one you know that heat and humidity they don't typically like make sure and keep a nice even moisture if you're seeding that in the garden make sure that you don't seed too thick they like to be somewhat spread out because otherwise you're going to have some some rotting issues um you know so put a nice row in even if you come into the garden center and buy a few plants that's going to get you jump started but then go ahead and seed a row also and so you'll have another crop coming on behind and then so if you come in and you put in a few cilantro plants that you can harvest over the next few weeks seed a row As soon as the plants you purchased are no longer viable, pull them out and seed another row. 
And so you'll get another crop that'll be coming on. You'll get another crop that's behind that. And by that time, you'll probably be into fall. And you'll have tomatoes and cilantro and vegetables. You won't even know what to do. So I hope that helps, Samantha. That is uh, a very good question, very common in the garden center. We're going to take a quick break, but give us a call. 775-1310. We'll be back for more of the joy of gardening on News Talk WLOB. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Hollytone and Planttone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, the lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook on this beautiful Saturday morning. What a great, great stretch of weather we're having. I know I've talked about it numerous times here, but man, it's, it's just perfect gardening weather. We, uh, we've been working very diligently. My uh, Aunt Tammy has been working very diligently at our garden center in Yarmouth on revamping some of our our gardens there over the last week and we've been adding all types of new perennials shrubs roses taking a few things out you know kind of rehabbing our our, the front of our business a little bit you know and so in the next few weeks you're going to see kind of a, a you know some some pretty impressive overhaul kind of going on there uh we've we've had a lot of plants that have been quite aggressive for for some time and have kind of outgrown some spots and and so you know it's not a bad thing to periodically just say you know what i need to make a change you know and and for us it's been 
it's been tough because we've had some really nice old established plants there for a long, long time, and they've just really seen their life. They just can't be pruned anymore. They can't really be rejuvenated anymore. It's just time to make a change. So at a certain point in your yard, you will come to that decision of it's just time to make a change. And, you know, I want to let people know it's okay. A landscape's lifespan is probably between 20 and 30 years. Now, that's a long time. One problem that we see is people are planting really, really close. They're not planting for down the road. And, you know, a lot of people don't have the mentality that they're going to be in their home for 20 or 30 years. That has kind of changed. People change jobs. People change lifestyles. They move around. They maybe have a house, you know, before they have children, and then they move to a different community for the school system or whatnot. So there's a whole host of, you know, reasons why people plant in a different way. Okay? Right now, it seems like people are planting more for you know, the instant gratification, I guess, is what I'd like to say. And what will happen is you plant a little closer, or maybe you're doing a bunch of work for getting your house ready to sell, okay? And, you know, making sure that you stage your house and have a good presentation is something that's really, really important, you know? It's one of those things that we don't think about, you know, and, you know, staging your house and making it look good. If you're going to sell your house this year or you're going to go ahead and revamp, I always like to think about resale, okay, you know, down the road. So what time of year might you put your property on the market? You know, so if you're thinking in the next five years you're going to go ahead and maybe move, come in and talk to us. We've got some very simple things to talk to you about that will give you great return on your investment. And talking a little bit about when you might put your home on the market and when you might go ahead and and uh, you know do some re-landscaping. And we can do some very cost-effective things to help you sell your home even quicker. If you don't have time like that, you're putting your home on the market right away, we have unbelievable patio pots, hanging baskets. If you're having an open house, put some hanging baskets on the porch. Put a couple patio pots on the patio. Just set them there for the open house. Just set them there for when showings are going to happen. You know, even if you're not in the property, you can go over, hang up the baskets, come back afterwards and bring them back to your house, okay, that you've moved to. It's a great way to make it feel inviting and show people that they could live here, that they could, man, isn't this beautiful? It will go a long way. It'll make your realtor's life a lot easier, and hopefully you'll sell your home very quick. We have Christine from Portland. Hi, Christine. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Um, I, I was wondering, um, I have new apple trees, and how soon can I pick those apples off of those trees? Ah. Grow for a while. Great question. You know, new apple trees, we want to make sure that 
we don't let them fruit for a number of years. Now, depending on the size tree that you purchase from the start, you know, if you bought something that was nice and big and bald and burlapped and, you know, had a really big head on it and, you know, really, really a nice established tree, we might give it a couple years before we let them start to fruit. It's really good to take that energy away from the plant. It's important because we don't want to stress them out and take the energy away from the growth and the shape of the plant. So the first three to five years on a small apple tree, we want to take the fruit off. And right now is a perfect time because the fruit is all set. It's starting to form, and you can see it. There may be like a dime shape in size. I don't want you to cut the stems or anything. What I want you to do is just take the fruit off, okay? Uh, so you can take all of that fruit off at this time. It's a perfect time to go ahead and fertilize your fruit trees right now. And this goes for fruit trees like peaches, pears, plums, all your fruiting trees, the first few years you really want to just let them grow and establish. Take all those fruit off and that will put more energy into the growth and it'll also put more energy into the root system. If you do want to have some fruit earlier, you need to make sure that you support the tree so that it doesn't break. More often than not, take at least 75% of the fruit off, and then you're going to need to support some of those branches throughout the growing season. Otherwise, your branches won't support the weight. I hope okay. that helps. It does. Is it two to, two to five years? Like, what, what is my time frame that I'm looking at? Well, it kind of depends on the, the size of the plant. Uh, and how you've done on pruning and, you know, and how you shape the, the plant. More often than not, having a little bit smaller, you know, head and not le letting those branches get way out, you know, prune them back periodically, that will thicken up the branches and you'll be able to have fruit a little bit sooner. Now, even if, say, year two or three, you want to go ahead and start having some fruit, like I said, strip maybe 75% of the fruit. You'll get bigger fruit, you'll have less of it, but it's important, again, that weight factor. Um, you know, more often than not, you don't think about it, you're not looking at the tree, and then, you know, in the midsummer, we get a nice heavy rain windstorm, and you've got these heavy, heavy fruit out on the ends of the branches, and you look out, and some major branches are broken off. And then you're set back for two or three or five years because you got to add some new trees. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for the call. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. That's an excellent question. Uh, fruit trees are something that, you know, you plant them and you kind of almost forget about them. Um, I was looking at my fruit trees actually a couple nights ago and noticed, you know, I planted them last summer. And I line my driveway with them, and they're looking wonderful. They're leafing out good. You know, I've got to get some fertilizer on them at this point. Um, I know I'm a little bit behind, but what I wanted to do was let them come out of spring and flower and kind of just kind of settle in. Now I'm going to go ahead and get some tree tone on them, and I'm going to, I'm going to start picking up my water over the next week just because they are looking a little bit limp. You know, the leaves are not quite the way I would like, but I think with a little bit of water and a little bit of fertilizer, they'll darken right up. Use a good organic fertilizer on your apple trees. Um, you know, really important that we have good nutrition, and water is very important also. We want it. I talked a lot in those, this hour about water stress in the summer months. Water stress is something that will keep your insects, you know, at bay. If you can keep plants from being stressed, 
insects won't attack. Now, one insect on apple trees and fruit trees are borer. Borer are always going to be a problem. The biggest problem is water. You know, if we let them dry out in the summer, they've got a lot of fruit on them. You know, maybe we've got some fungal issues going on. When that plant gets stressed, borer will attack. If if the plant is not stressed, borer won't even come around the plant. It's amazing how insects understand and know when plants are not happy and when they're not in optimum conditions, that's when they attack. It's just like anything. When something is weak, it typically gets attacked. So keep up the stress relief, um, you know, on the plant. Hopefully the radio show is a little stress relief for you each week. Um, it's a little stressor for me sometimes. But if you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310, 775-1310, or 877-393-8255. It's amazing how two hours goes by. We're kind of getting close to wrapping up the show. If you have a question and you're listening to the podcast, don't hesitate to submit a question to our website, estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. And also make sure you get our newsletter. We have a wonderful coupon on there this week, 50% off one tree shrub or rose, but it's mostly information. It's not about sales. It's tips you should be doing in the garden, how to rejuvenate things, when to prune. Speaking of when to prune, get out there and prune your large leaf roadies. It's time. I know I've kind of been saying it over the last couple weeks, leading you in, but now is the time. Get out there, deadhead your rhododendrons, prune them back. The large leaf are prime right now for the picking. The blooms are passed everywhere. So we're going to take a quick break while you go out and prune your roadie on News Talk WLOB. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth-life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earth-Life Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Summer is here, and it's time to celebrate with cookouts, parties, and get-togethers. Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk is kicking off the season with a summer celebration event to help make your home look its very best. All trees, shrubs, roses, perennials, and ground covers are now 20% off through July 7th. Beautiful plants at a fraction of the price? Now that's something to celebrate. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. When it comes to a stylish home, your garden is the ultimate accessory. There's no better way to dress it up this season than with Hort Couture Tropicals and Annuals from Estabrooks. These chic and stylish selections are brand new this year and offer exotic blooms and foliage that have never been seen before in Maine gardens. A fun and fashionable garden is just moments away with Hort Couture, now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Good 
Good Saturday morning. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. I'd like to thank Christine for calling in and asking that question. Very, very valid question. You know, fruit trees are, are something, you know, you need to cultivate and let them come on. You're not going to buy an apple tree or a fruit tree that's in a nice little five or seven gallon pot, put it in the ground and have fruit tomorrow. It's just not going to happen. Okay, we tend to take the fruit off in the nursery, you know, at this point in the season. You may come into the garden center. We haven't quite done it yet. So if you have gone ahead and done, you know, that already, your your plants are just going to going to thrive so much better. You're taking all that energy away to putting into fruit and it's going to go into leaves, stems, roots, you know, all of that. Get out there, fertilize your fruit trees at this point. I know probably a lot of folks have have fertilized them early in the season. Uh, If you have fertilized them early in the season, uh, you know, you may not need to do it again yet, Uh, but your, your fruit tree should have a pretty dark, dark green leaf. It shouldn't be very, very light. So, you know, using a a nice product like Tree Tone or Garden Tone would work just fine, Um, you know. But if you have a freshly planted apple tree, you know, that you bought from Estabrooks, get out there and take that fruit off. I know you're excited and you see fruit all over this peach tree that you've bought this spring, but taking that energy away is really going to help. And down the road, you're going to be rewarded with just a bountiful amount of fruit. The other thing I wanted to talk about was even after you get to that year three or five, we still probably want to thin our fruit, okay? So we'll take 25 to 50% of the fruit off when it's at a young stage. That's going to get a lot bigger, better fruit, and also the energy is going to go into that fruit, so you're going to have better size, you're going to have better fruit. It's... uh. It's a much better way to go. So even down the road, we're going to thin some of the fruit. So fruit trees still have a few left. It's that time to, you know, go ahead and get them in. If you want fruit, it's going to be three to five years. Not a slow process. So, you know, the sooner you get them in, the sooner you get the fruit. I personally have planted mine for more animal attraction. I'm not planning on doing a whole heck of a lot. I'm actually you know, looking to help feed the deer and turkeys and and stuff like that. That's kind of part of my thought now that may backfire down the road. Maybe they're going to eat all my hostas and my everything else I have. But, um, you know, the area where I've planted them, it's pretty much all field. It's right along my driveway. It's a natural corridor for them. So if you're looking to attract animals, that's a good way to go, and you don't have to be as concerned about spraying or any of that. I'm not planning on doing much of any spraying on my apple trees because they're going to be for nature. So uh, I'm using them as an attraction for bees, you know, in the spring for my gardens, you know, my vegetable garden and whatnot. And then I'm also using them as fruit for later on in the season for birds, deer, turkeys, all kinds of different things. So you have to make a choice. If you don't want fruit, crab apples, cherries, we have them in many different sizes and and types. So we've got another couple questions hopefully we can get to before we take away the time here. But uh, one question here I've got is about weeding, okay? And this is from John from South Portland, and he says, I weed constantly in my garden. I can never seem to get ahead of the weeds. 
what am I doing wrong and how can I get ahead of things so that I'm not always behind the eight ball? John, it's a good question. Okay, weeds are something that just, they're vigorous. They're aggressive. They're relentless. They keep coming. The only advice I can give you is to be more relentless than they are, is to be very proactive in how you attack your weeds. Now, start early, start often is the best advice. But here we are. It's late June. Obviously, you haven't been early and you haven't been often. So here's the problem I see. With weeds, the biggest thing is to kill them before they go to seed. Okay, so every time you see a weed, if you can get it before it goes to seed, you're killing the next generation also. If you wait until they they set seed and throw seed, you've lost this round and maybe the next round of attack. So get out there and clean up the best you can right now. I've done this, and if your plants are spread out quite a bit, you might need to just go in and weed whack them all down, okay? Obviously, don't weed whack your perennials and your other plants that are in there, but maybe you need to go in and just cut them back, okay? It might be the quickest way to get in there and just go ahead and kind of take an assault on them to knock them back. Now, that could be good or bad. Depending on the type of weed, by cutting it back, it may actually sprout more weeds up depending on the type. You know, some things like horsetail and stuff like that are very aggressive. The more you cut them, the more they sprout from the ground. So, you know, bring in some samples of some of the different weeds you have. Typically, the more noxious ones we can point out almost immediately to you. Others, we're just going to look at you and say, ah, it's a weed. You know, we don't necessarily need to know every weed in the garden center industry. The definition of a weed is something you don't like. It can be a plant you planted, but if you don't like it, it's a weed, in my opinion. So go in, weed whack, clean up, okay? Then as soon as you start to see active growth again, as soon as you do, go in there and take a hoe or start to pull, okay? This week is going to be great weather for weeding, folks, okay? We've got bright, sunny weather. We've got unbelievable nice temperatures in the 80s just pulling those weeds and letting them wilt in the sun will kill those weeds now if we get a thunderstorm that's a different story so pull the weed shake the soil off of it and either put it in the compost pile or just leave it in the garden to die okay that's if there's no weed seeds on the plant. If there is, we want to discard it and get it out in the compost pile or out in the woods or wherever you discard your, your organic matter. So be proactive. Very important. Pull, pull, pull. And the earlier you see green growth starting, if it's an inch or two inches, that's the time to cultivate. Get in there. Just cultivate the soil. Just knock the roots around. The sunlight will kill them. It'll knock them down. If you have a more noxious weed, We'll have to go ahead and talk about that. That's going to be a little bit more proactive. We're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive. We may have to use some herbicide, you know, but that's one thing that we have to do. Okay. So I hope that helps, John. I know it's a tough battle. 
get out there, be proactive. I know it's going to get warm and it's going to be a struggle, but don't hesitate to go ahead and be proactive. Get out there, kill those weeds, folks. They're growing faster than some of the other plants right now. I want to kind of wrap up the show here today by talking a little bit. Uh, this will be the third weekend in a row that uh, my wife and I are going to a, a wedding. And it's wedding season. I know a lot of you folks are, are running around and getting gifts and going enjoying your Saturdays and Sundays, uh, celebrating some beautiful days with some great people. And my wife and I have, have been able to enjoy that with some great people also. But I wanted to give a couple tips, a couple tips about decorating for a wedding. Okay. When it comes to a garden center, we don't, we at Estbrooks, we don't do cut flowers. Okay. So the one thing I want to tell you is come in just before the wedding, three to four days and pick out your plants. We can't hold plants for months on end. It's just impossible. I want your day to be special. I want you to come in and pick out the most beautiful things. Enjoy your Saturday. It's going to be a beautiful day in the garden. And I hope you enjoy your garden just as I am. Have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday. WLOB Portland and WLOBRadio.com.